Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Koo, and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre, and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips, and valuable ideas on how to get published. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story, or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Patty Miller is an author and writing teacher. She has written five books, including two on the process of life writing. These are Writing Your Life and the memoir book. She has been teaching life writing throughout Australia and overseas for over 15 years and teaches regularly at the Sydney Writers' Centre. Patty has had a fascination with psychology and memory and combines this with her love of writing and literature. Many of her previous students have been published, including Caroline Jones's An Authentic Life, Jacinta Tynan's Good Man Hunting and Kate Shaler's The Long Way Home. Patty brings to her teaching personal experience of her own life writing journey. Thanks for joining us today, Patty. You're welcome. Now, you've been writing for many years and you've been published in so many different areas, including fiction and nonfiction. What led you to particularly focus on memoir writing? Well, I, I think it was because I found it fascinating myself. I, I like to know um, how people experience being here in the world, and I was interested in, in writing my own experience of being here. And so I, I thought um, once I started teaching the life writing workshops, it just was fascinating to hear people's stories, and it was so rewarding to help them uh, get them down on the page, you know, to make them into an interesting story. And also, you know, the atmosphere in, in memoir or life writing classes is, is so, um, it's so warm and it's so, um, there's so much sharing that goes on. I think it creates actually a small community. To me, every class becomes a small community. So there's a very powerful feeling of connection between people. I often think if people would only share their, their life stories, then the world might be actually a better place. You've, you've done so many um, courses now and you've helped so many students. Does anything surprise you anymore out of people's lives? Well, I don't think so. I actually said this last week in, in one of the classes at the Sydney Writers' Centre, I actually said to someone who was a little bit reluctant to read her story out, I said, look, I have heard everything that everyone, anyone's ever done in their life and everything that's been done to people. I said, nothing will, will shock me. I've heard of every terrible thing and every wonderful thing that has happened to, to people in, in their lives. So don't be afraid of, of writing or, or, and reading out your story because, you know, it's, it's something that actually, um, it won't shock and it actually is, has the opposite effect. It actually creates connection between human beings because if people are honest with each other, then it creates a very powerful connection. Now, when did you know you wanted to be a writer? And did you dabble in other careers before you got to this stage? Well, I actually always, I think I always wanted to be a writer from the time that I started to read. And I started to read very young. In fact, I can't remember learning to read. I certainly can't remember learning to read at school. I thought I always could read. <laughs> but um, I, I think once I knew of that world that could be created in, in the mind through reading, I wanted to be part of creating that. And I remember when I was a child re uh, writing 
um, stories and even poems when I was at home, say I was sick or something like that, I would I would write things and, and read them to my mother. So it was something that I always wanted to do and, and right through high school, it was always something that interested me um, a great deal and I loved I was one of those strange people who loved writing essays mm. and I loved writing stories. So, you know, when I when I left um, school, I actually, fairly quickly, I, um, I did a little bit of travelling first, but I fairly quickly started doing a degree that was in the area of writing. So I haven't really done any other kind of work apart apart from, you know, the usual, you know, bit of waitressing on the side when you're a student or nurse's aide or, or something like that. But apart from that, I've always been a writer, um, a teacher of writing. So what was your first full-time gig as a writer then? Oh, that's a tricky question. I suppose, you know, it would be the first book um, that I wrote, which was which was Writing Your Life. But I actually was teaching writing before that. I started teaching at the University of Technology in Sydney. So that was my first sort of teaching writing gig and um, I actually had had two children um, as well, two babies, Mm -hmm. so that wasn't until later on in my 20s that I did the the first um, teaching job at um, University of Technology and it was from that experience um, that I actually started putting together the book Writing Your Life, so that was the beginning of, of my writing career I suppose once I'd left university. Now, writing your life has become one of the quintessential texts on life writing. How did you approach writing that book, which is is a bit of a text as opposed to, um, you know, a fictional book, which requires a different approach? Did you approach it in a different way than the way you would have written fiction? Yes, it's a good question, actually, because it's something that I have talked about quite a bit with, um, I've often talked to editors, the Australian Publishers Association has a meeting of editors every second year, and I talk to them about that process and how emotionally different it is. And I think that's the the main difference is is that um, I'm I'm writing, you know, uh, writing your life and the memoir book are both from my experience as, as a writer and as a teacher but they are put together more from my mind, you know, uh, looking at the things that I understand, the things that I've learned and putting them together from my mind. Whereas I think when I'm writing memoir or fiction, um, there is more involvement of and more risk for my emotions. When I'm talking and writing about uh, writing, then I feel very sure of myself because I know what I'm talking about works. You know, I know that it... it, um, produces good writing. I have experienced that so many times in writing classes and I get lots of letters and emails from people and there's been lots of books published from um, people who've used the approach that I offer. So I I think I was uh, writing that from a much more confident um, point of view. I think when you're writing memoir and writing fiction, you're always taking a huge risk and I think that's a bit scarier. Mm. And out of fiction, memoir and the texts, do you have a preference? Is there something that's your favourite or you enjoy oh, more? Oh, that's, that's a tricky question. I, I think I like them all because I think I'm one of those people who 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 really enjoy – I really enjoy teaching. It's not something that I um, – think I, I only do so that I have time to write. I don't feel like that at all. I actually love teaching writing and I love thinking about writing, but I also enjoy the expanse of, of being able to write fiction, being able to invent. 
Um, and I also like the process of, of memoir where I'm trying to um, create the lived experience on the page. I think memoir and fiction are actually quite similar in lots of ways because um, even though one's made up and one is is real or true, if you like, they're actually both about trying to create a um, fictional... Uh, sorry, they're both about trying to create a convincing reality on the page, whether that reality is imaginary or whether it's actually happened. It doesn't matter in terms of the writing. You're still trying to create this convincing um, experience on the page. So I think depending on the mood and what's happening, I, I like all types of, of writing. And I actually think I switch from one to the other. When I've finished a book of fiction, then I write non-fiction, and then I write another fiction. So it seems to go backwards and forwards. Now, you mentioned that you really love teaching. Do you think that pretty much anyone can be taught how to write? Ah, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think so. I mean, if, if they're if they're willing um, to enter into the experience of uh, recreating the um, the life on the page, then yes, I actually believe, from my experience, and this is not just a belief that that's based on um, you know hope. It's actually based on my experience that everyone has that creative potential inside them. It's just that some people have had it locked away very tightly and it, it's very hard for them to get to that space where they can actually write and create. I'm not saying that everyone can, can learn to write, you know, like uh, like Patrick White or Toni Morrison, but everyone can learn to write confidently in their own voice. And that's my that's my approach, I think. I know that some writers don't think that you can learn how to write, but I don't see why, because people can learn how to play instruments, they can learn how to dance, um, they can learn how to act. I don't see that why writing is considered to be any different. It's the same process of gathering skills, but of also accessing the creative inside you. And, and my approach is very much about um, opening those doors so that you can step into that creative place inside yourself. And what do you think is the biggest or the most common block for people and how do you help them get over it? Well, I would say probably the most common block is is a mixture of fear and uh, an idea that they're not creative. I think that's the most common block. And I think it's because in mostly in our education at, at school and, and at university, we are trained to use our intellect. And so most of the people who come to the class, you know, they're, they're, the classes, they're very, they're very well-educated people. They can think well, but they have an idea that they're not creative and they're, and they're afraid of that. So I use these exercises, which are uh, very much what I call the, uh, the surprised mind. I actually surprise people mm-hmm. into writing really well. And I use exercises that they don't have time to think about. They don't have time to plan. And they can't use their intellect to write them. And I get them to do it in class so they actually haven't got time to worry about it and think about it in, in the way that they would if they were writing an essay or a report or a conference paper. Mm. They actually um, are surprised into writing something. And when they read them out to the class, um, time and time again, everyone's startled by the fact that everyone's writing well. They say, how does that happen? And I just say, you did it. Now, you, you have a poem on your website that begins, no people are uninteresting. I've often heard people say or assume that you have to be, um, you have to be older or live some kind of really thrilling life to write a memoir. Do you think this is true? 
No, not not at all. I mean, that that poem is by uh, the uh, the Russian poet Yevdushenko, and it, it, it's one of my favourite poems, especially in terms of life uh, terms of life writing, because he is affirming the intrinsic value of every single human being, and, and he's saying that when a when a human being um, dies, a whole world dies in them because they actually contain, you know, all of that experience of being here. And for me, what makes an interesting memoir is not what people have done. You know, they don't have to have, um, you know, uh, travelled across Africa on on a camel, or they don't have to have had, you know, um, 150 lovers. You know, and they they don't and they don't have to have had, you know, a, a terrible childhood. To me, it's it's how you see your life that makes interesting and powerful writing. I think some people have written beautifully about their own backyard. I mean, I think of someone like Annie Dillard, who, run, who won the Pulitzer Prize for a tinker, um, Pilgrim at Tinker's Creek. And it was just about living by the side of a creek. I mean, nothing terribly exciting happens, but it's the most beautiful and and engaging memoir because it's about her observation of being here in the world. And that's what I say to my students. You know, I'm I'm not really so interested in what in what you've done in your achievements. I I don't really care. You know, if you've achieved or not in terms of the world. You know, what is interesting to me is how you experience being here in the world, and that's that's what's interesting, and that's what makes good writing. And whether you've been the Prime Minister of Australia or you've lived in your own little suburb, in your own little house all your life, mm-hmm. it's how you see that that makes good writing. And you, you yourself, you spend a lot of time on the road and you teach at various places um, in Australia and overseas. And I know you've also spent some time overseas just to write. Why do you feel the need to travel and write and, you know, what do you enjoy about it so much? I think to me what's important is is the um, what I call the sojourn, which is staying somewhere rather than actually traveling from place to place. What I think is really important is to actually stay in one place because um, writers um, they they need they need time and space. And most of us are very busy in our work, um, and not everyone can work as a writer as, as I as I do, and uh, have families to look after. Um, and so I think it, you know, and I know that it's been very important for me to go away somewhere. I've spent a year in Paris um, writing. I spent uh, six months before that in, in Paris writing. Couldn't wait to get back. Um, the year before last, I spent three months in the south of France um, writing. And every year um, for the last four or five years, I've been going to Paris to teach a writing uh, memoir workshop. And I think for me, it's important to be free of of the demands and the responsibilities of ordinary life so that I can concentrate on my writing. And I think that's important for everyone. Every writer I've ever spoken to has said the same thing, that it's really important to actually have that time where you're only concentrating on your own writing work because the the creative mind has the capacity to expand into the space that you allow it. So if you only allow it, you know, um, an hour or so a week, you know, when you're working and looking after after family, then that's that's well and good. But if you can allow it every day, all day, for a few weeks, then you will actually get not just so much more work done, but it will be have more it will have more depth, it will have more texture, 
it will have more power because your creative mind has been allowed to expand into into that space. So I think you know it's, it's something that I do regularly, at least you know every year as I try to put aside a continuous length of time somewhere away. Um, and preferably, as you, as you can tell, in Paris, um, where I can um, concentrate on my own writing. And when you do that, do you generally, for that time period, set yourself a certain goal for that time period, or do you see what happens? I do, actually. I do actually set um, uh, um, sort of goals for myself. I don't say, say that everyone needs to, but I actually find it very useful. And, and I also find um, that I do get um, at least... Um, three times as much done in a week, say, um, than I would if I was at home. Wow. Even if I even if I had the time each day at home, I actually get that much more done because of um, the fact that I have all day to think about it. You know, I don't have to. Mm. And I obviously do have to feed myself and, and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> but I, nothing has to be done at a regular time. I, I can write all day if, if I want to. So I do set goals for myself and I do get a lot more done when I'm away writing. Now, you've brought up Paris and we're very excited because you're leading a tour to Paris called Writing yes. Your Life That's in right. October 2009 for the Sydney Writers' Centre. For people who are listening and they're interested in this tour, what can they be expecting out of that 16 days? Well, they, they can expect um, lots of writing for a start um, every morning from, from 10 to 1. I never make the workshops uh, longer than that because I, I don't think that that's useful. I think people um, can concentrate um, for three hours each morning when they're feeling fresh. But also, you know, they're in Paris, so they want the input and, and, and excitement and, and wonder of Paris. And I actually find, because um, some people say, you know, why should you go to Paris? Why don't you just, you know, go up to Newcastle or <laughs> on the coast or somewhere like that? But I actually find that all the other arts nourish writing. That's something that I found to be very true. And I know what the writers have said, that I remember Kate Grenville saying something like that as well. And, and you know, and I, will, I will see a painting. And that will suddenly give me um, the idea of how I am to structure my writing. Or I'll be listening to a beautiful piece of music in, in the Madeleine Church. And, and, and suddenly and, um, the inspiration will come to me for the particular piece of writing that I'm working on. Or uh, the architecture of a particular building that I'm, that I'm walking past will inspire me. So I think if you are open to it, um, you know, being in Paris can inspire your writing in, in, in every way and in every level. But also, it's not just that, there's, there's the communion of, of friends. And even though you haven't met any of the people before, apart from, you know, the meeting that, that we usually, you know, have before, before we go, it's very quickly people become very close friends. I noticed that, and I and I noticed that um, people making arrangements to to meet for lunch and and um, to meet after they've been to a museum and discuss what they've seen. So you get all the joys of of being independent, um, you know, in 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 that we're not rushing you from site to site to to see all of the you know the tourist sites or anything like that. But you also get the pleasures of of having friendships, having people to meet for a glass of wine, and people who are interested in the same kind of creative and um, open approach 
to to being in Paris and and to life in general. I always find that you know the people that come because we're all there to ride. There is actually a different attitude, a different approach, and and people very quickly um, make friends and feel very um, warm and trusting with each other. So I think you get the benefits of both. You get the benefits of being in a group and 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 the benefits of of not being rushed around from site to site. Mm, and what better place to do it than Paris? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I was counting the other day, and I think I've been there eight to Paris eight times now. And I fall in love with it every time. It's like having this this lover on the other side of the world. <laughs> but it's a city and, and you fall in love with it. So I think even if people have already been to Paris, I think there's no better way to go back than to go back um, with the writing class. It sounds wonderful. Now, you, one of your previous Paris participants recently released their book, which they, which they started in Paris with you. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh yes, that that's uh, uh, Pam, Pamela Bradley's uh, Nefertiti Street, um, which uh, she started uh, writing. I think she'd written a couple of of uh, exercises in a class that she did with me in Australia, but she couldn't wait to keep on going with it. So she she came to Paris and started uh, continued on with um, pieces from Nefertiti Street, and it, it took real shape there because she could really concentrate on it. And she was one of those very good students who went to cafes and wrote mm-hmm. and uh, kept on producing material. And she ended up with this wonderful story, which was about that period of in a life, which happens to many men and women uh, when they uh, have had interesting jobs and they have brought up a family, but they wonder if, if this is the life that, you know, that they wanted to live. Is there anything more to life? And so she, she wrote about going to Egypt at, at that time in her life and went to Egypt about three times. And she actually ended up meeting and marrying a um, Egyptian man who was 28 years younger than her. Wow. In fact, in fact, he was older than her youngest son, I think. Um, or he was younger than her youngest son. Mm. That's right, younger than her youngest son. So, um, and and he came back to Australia, and it's now I think 12 years later, and they've been living happily ever after. So it's, it's quite an unusual story. In, in, not in, I mean, many people go through that kind of midlife crisis, but not everyone goes to an exotic country and, and finds a husband, no. <laughs> a new husband, twenty-eight <laughs> years younger. So, and it's and it's and it's a very it's a very well written story. Um, Pamela has a very fine eye for detail. She's very insightful. Um, she's a very intelligent woman. So it's a very interesting and um, very inspiring read to, to have the courage to, to live the life that you want to lead. And I lead. And I think that's one of the, the main values of, of memoir, actually, is that it does inspire people to, to lead the life that they want. And tell us about a couple of the other books that you've helped towards or you've guided towards publication, other people's memoirs. Um, well, one one that I have uh, I've been you know very involved with in, in that it started in the life writing classes and then I went on to to mentor the manuscript is um, Kate Shaler's The Long Way Home 
and um, that was about her experience of growing up in the Burnside homes, which I think are um, sort of north of Parramatta. They were um, orphanage. There was an orphanage there. I don't think it's there anymore. But uh, she grew up there, and um, she actually, at first, self-published her story. But then Random House took it up, and it was a big success. Uh, lots of lots of people read it. She she had um, she was invited all around Australia to address all sorts of groups, not just um, literary groups, but but uh, adoption groups and and um, uh, various uh, groups that were being put together for people who'd grown up in orphanages. And so it was it was a very successful book. And it's one that I was particularly particularly proud of. As I said to Kate, I had the pride of of an aunt who mm. who didn't actually sort of you know have to you know bring the child up and do all the hard work, but could sort of pop in and see how it was going <laughs> <laughs> and look after it every now and then. So I, was, I felt like I was an auntie to to that book. So it's, it's one that um, that I was very proud of. And um, an, another one that I I, I worked on, which um, was for the well-known photographer um, and and Geddes, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't have very long to work on that, and it wasn't a full life story because, of course, she's a photographer, so it was mainly a, um, a story through through the photographs. Mm. But I was able to help her put together um, a, a story of her life, which was, um, you know, it was very interesting because she photographed, um, as many people know, she photographed um, babies. And people often wondered why she only concentrated on babies and and little children, but it's, it's because you know there had actually had been you know a, quite a bit of suffering in her early childhood, and she had a great determination to um, sort of honour and and protect the value of of babies and little children. So it was actually there was you know there was a story behind that, and I often find that with with people and what they're doing in their lives, it's actually a story from their childhood mm. that that um, has. Um, determine the kind of life that they have led. So I think, you know, that was very interesting for her to actually, you know, being very successful in one area, Mm. but then looking at the story and and being able to put that down and illuminate, you know, why she'd taken a particular path in life. Yeah, the books you've um, helped towards publication have certainly been very diverse, obviously reflecting the diversity of people's lives. I mean, everyone does something um, yes. completely different to what we expect often. That, but right. Your newest book, the memoir book, uh, is a companion to writing your life. Now, how does it differ? Does it follow on or how, how does it work? Yes, yes. They're, 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 they're companion books, as you say. And I think writing your life is, is if you like, it's book one. And it's people sort of getting started with writing and, and particularly people who want to write their whole life story. Whereas the memoir book is, is for people who might be a little more experienced in writing. It doesn't mean that they have to have come to a class with me or with anyone else, but they are more experienced. They've, they've done a little bit of writing themselves. So they know some of the issues already. And it's also designed particularly for people who want to write memoir rather than autobiography in that they want to write about an aspect of their life rather than their whole life story. Mm -hmm. They want to write about, you know, the period that they lived in in India for two years or they want to, you know, write about their experience of of bringing up their, their child who was deaf or that, you know, something particular. And the memoir book is the one that I use, um, for the Paris workshop because, you know, people who come to the Paris workshop um, often have done a little bit of writing themselves. But it's also designed in a way that, that people who haven't had much experience can also use it. 
So if, if any you know people who want to come to the Paris workshop, they don't have to be highly experienced writers either because it's, it's designed in such a way that everybody can join in to the exercises and everybody can um, connect to the, the stories that I have chosen which have been included in the memoir book. So even though it is book one and book two, um, I've designed them in ways that people can join in at whatever level they're at at the moment. Mm. And what can what can people expect from you next, Patty? What are you working on at the moment? Ah, what can we see next? <laughs> yes, well, I, I'm I'm very excited because I have just finished a draft of of a new memoir mm. um, this time, and it's it's at the moment it has the working title of Wiradjuri Story because it's about the first um, post Marbo native title claim, which was by the Wiradjuri, and it and it happened in my hometown. And so I was very uh, excited about this when I found out. And I've been doing a lot of research and I've been interviewing a lot of um, Aboriginal people from my hometown mm. and also telling my own story in connection to that. So I'm just waiting at the moment um, uh, to let it settle for a couple of weeks and then I'll be back to writing the second draft of, of the Wiradjuri story. And hopefully... Um, I'll be able to get some more time in Paris myself to (laughs) finish another draft. Now, do you generally work on one project at a time or or when you're in sort of towards the end of another one, you're already starting the next one? How does that work for you? Um, No, I I do. I I stay on one project. The only other thing that I do um, sometimes is is to write articles, you know, the magazines Mm. or, or newspapers. Um, and and that will usually be in a in a week's break from what I'm working on. I think I I'm, I am one of those people who do need to really absorb myself um, in the particular project that I'm working on. Um, I think that I because I've had um, you know I've had to work and I've I've been a mother of of um, two children and. Um, I, I teach and, and write, I, I, I got very used to being able to multi-skill and I think that's a fantastic thing that women are particularly good at mm-hmm. and doing a lot of things at once. But I've also found that uninterrupt, uninterrupted time is, is a treasure and, and I think if you can give yourself that, it's, 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 a, fantastic, um, it's a fantastic gift that you can give yourself and you can, and you can go a lot further if, if you do that. So it's, it's something that um, I do now more often is actually concentrate on one, on one task at a time, that is, you know, finishing a manuscript or um, concentrating on teaching or, um, you know, writing two or three articles. Mm. Well, very diverse in your life as well, and we're certainly yeah. very excited and looking forward to Paris in October 2009. And so am I. <laughs> Can't well, wait. Well, on that note, thank you very much for your time today, Patty. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to the Sydney Writers Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning, as well as information on our regular competitions where you can win books, movie tickets and literary experiences at www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au or visit me on my personal website, www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.